0: Three major college prospects.
1: Oh, we got showtime coming. Justin Lewis with a one-hand hammer. Open at the top, rises for three over Young and buries it. Johnny Davis on the leak out of the slam, and that's your exclamation mark. A team looking to get back on top in the NBA. I think our job is to stay balanced, to stay in the pocket, understand that being great offensively and defensively, having players that fit around Giannis, that fit coach's system.
0: Welcome to Wisconsin Basketball Draft Night. Alongside former batter Ben Brust, here's Bucks radio host
1: Justin Garcia.
2: We have made it to pick number 10. Could be a pretty big pick locally. Uh, but the Washington Wizards are on the clock with the 10th overall pick. We just said, almost unanimous, all the mocks have had Johnny Davis going ten. so this could be an interesting moment of the draft. We just saw Jeremy Sohan go to the San Antonio Spurs, which you commented was a total Spurs pick.
3: Yeah, I, I mean, the Spurs took a chance on a guy that a lot of people had best available probably 7 to 10 picks from now. But, like, the, he fits the mold of a typical Spurs player, deflections, defense, winning plays, can stretch the floor. Uh, I really like this pick just because I, I really like the way he plays, you know. Um, with his length, he's going to get stronger. He's athletic. Uh, I just, I think I just made him sound like the best player in the world with all the adjectives I used for him. Hard-rocking um, brother. That's what you made him sound like. He can be. He's not, but he can be. Are you scared
2: off at all when uh, they they flash the traits of this player does this well and this well? And the first thing they showed was known for changing his hair color at Baylor.
3: Yeah, I think that's that's uh, ESPN trying to get cute, you know. Uh, yeah, I should say. Are we watching the ABC version or the ESPN? Or are they not doing that with the NBA draft? Yeah. What? What? When did that happen? That was the NFL. NFL. Yeah. The uh, last couple of years. And, and for the record, the. The ESPN one was better than ABC um, because they actually were, like, giving me insight about the players.
2: Not just the – Not just the Here's hairstyle. the
3: saddest thing that happened
2: to this player yes, in his was, life.
3: Yeah, exactly. I was like, all right, like, the NFL draft, like, for me, I want to go, like, nerdy football for some reason. Like, I, I like I want to know about these guys. And uh, for a guy that got picked probably, like I said, 8 to 10 spots – Uh, earlier than he was projected for him to get change his hair color a lot of the first thing like put that one like fourth or fifth and I think you're doing a good job the pick is in
2: Uh, Jay Billis has Johnny Davis as the third best available player what is Jay now ESPN which Jay Billis is a part of has Johnny Davis as the best fit for the current team on the clock but we do know Pick is in for the Washington Wizards, and we just talked about the potential Bradley Beal saga. There was reporting last year at the time that the 76ers acquired James Harden that Joel Embiid really wanted Bradley Beal, and then Bradley Beal had that wrist surgery and was shut down for the season, so it was almost plan B, which it's not plan B for Daryl Morey, but it was plan B for the team to bring in James Harden. So if this is, in fact, Johnny Davis going 10 to the Wizards, does that mean we're finally seeing them move on from Bradley Beal? And how does that change the landscape of the Eastern Conferences? It seems to be Eastern Conference teams that his name has popped up in the most. But Commissioner Silver.
1: With the 10th pick in the 2022 NBA draft, the Washington Wizards select Johnny Davis from the University of Wisconsin. Swag out, Johnny. Swag out.
3: So is this where Johnny Davis heads directly to Taco Bell now? Yeah, this is the point where he heads to the stage and then leaves the stage. You know what would be good is if they had some good product placement. I don't know what's allowed uh, on those tables. Probably nothing. If he he was just like for every pick eating a taco (laughs) and just until he got picked. But I will say he's got one of the best looks right now at the NBA draft. Um, The suit or his game? The suit. Okay. The suit. Great uh, distinction. <laughs> Come on, guys. He's got a good game, too. Let's not, let's not get after him that way. Um, but the, what do you think of the J? I, like, I love it. I want to get one of those. It's a, it's a strong move, though. because you, you, So Johnny Davis has a cursive J on his, like, uh, help me with the description here, the, the left collar of a suit. You are the one of the three of us that wears
2: suits. sport coats and suits.
0: Yeah. I'm in basketball shorts and a T-shirt right now. I can't really help you. Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, Johnny Davis, toughness, versatile score. I'm just reading. Oh, I was going yes. to. <laughs> <laughs> no one would have known that. Six man. foot that four, Wisconsin. He's he's he can again. The two Wisconsin guys drafted can be hard rocking brothers because uh, I think Johnny has the ability with his length uh, and size and strength and athleticism to guard multiple positions. Um. What was interesting is I did see Woj tweet that the Wizards got their future point guard, Johnny Davis. Mm. So that's interesting to me because he is kind of a tweener when it comes Combo, to that, yeah. that size uh, at 6'4". He's got length. Um, he's shown the ability to playmake. In the in the college basketball ranks at Wisconsin, he you know put up some awesome numbers in all American. Uh, in my opinion, led a a team that had no business winning a Big Ten title. They were picked, I think, eighth or eighth or lower in in the Big Ten to win it. He had a freshman point guard. He had Tyler Wall, who was a junior, you know, ba- cl- classic Badger, a sophomore center who really didn't prove much as a freshman, and then Brad Davison, who came back for his fifth year, I was like, no chance this team finishes top five of the Big Ten. Johnny Davis put the team on his back. And I think one of the coolest things about Johnny, as is is I mentioned this earlier, um, he got to play against Jaden Ivey. After playing with him in the USA Select Team uh, before this college basketball season, he went on the road at Purdue, a place the Badgers have only won four times ever at Mackey Arena. He went to go see his teammate, you know, from the summer, Jay Ivy. Ivy was all business, and he goes, "All right, it's like that. The competitive nature, right? The the guys that take the littlest things, like Michael Jordan. I'm not calling John Davis Michael Jordan." Definitely not. But I love guys with the chip on their shoulder. When he didn't shake his hand, he's like, "All right, I'm gonna show, I'm gonna show him." And he put up 37 on the road and won for the fifth time ever at Mackey Arena for the Wisconsin Badgers. So I love his competitive nature. This is a, this is a big moment for Wisconsin basketball because look, the pedigree is horrible when it comes to success in the NBA. That. If Johnny can be successful as a local kid from the state of Wisconsin who went to the University of Wisconsin and showed that you don't have to you know, go to a blue blood to make it in the lottery, he was on a team that I think it's almost more impressive in some aspects than what Frank Kaminsky did. Frank Kaminsky had a phenomenal team around him, and that team was unbelievable that went to the national final that lost to Duke. Johnny elevated every single one of the players on his team last year, and I thought that was the most impressive thing for Johnny. Well, and he
2: goes from a three star recruit to the 10th overall pick in the NBA draft, too, and, he, and in the state of Wisconsin, which, yep. to your point, I mean, not only the University of Wisconsin, but the state of Wisconsin, it's not renowned for producing basketball. It's superstar talent. To. Yes, it's getting much, much better. But you wouldn't look to Wisconsin as well. I mean, it's a hotbed of talent. And he went from, not as always a bad recruit, but three-star recruit. Yeah, no knocking, no knocking three-star recruits here, please. I mean, I was two and a half star. So uh, he went from that, and I, I opted for academics. He went, he went from that to the 10th overall pick in the draft.
3: Here's the Knicks. The 11th
1: pick in the 2022 NBA draft. The New York Knicks select... Uzman Jang from Bordeaux,
3: France. All right, full breakdown, Justin. Go. All right, Uzman uh, Jang, who,
2: Commissioner Silver, really into that pick. He's uh, got a lot of length. I don't know that he's a hard rocking brother just yet, but you can see the traits. You can see him getting there. I like the length that he has, the versatility. He can step out there on the perimeter. Good, good uh, back and forth movement that he has, which is going to be big. He can handle the ball. Uh, Played at Insep Academy in Paris, France.
3: You know, he also won the silver medal in the 2019 FIBA European U16 championship. Just about to point
2: that out. He played for the New Zealand Breakers, where uh, one of my contacts said, it's a guy
3: you got to keep an eye on. You know, I'm not going to knock anyone who goes to play for the New Zealand Breakers, because after my first year professionally overseas in Lithuania, I was like, what the heck am I doing? I just spent eight months... In cloudy and 30 to 40 to 50 degree weather. It never it never went higher than 50, never went lower than 30. And the sun went down at like 2 o'clock. I was like, if I could play in the NBL, which is the Australian New Zealand League, I can come home for summer, um, May, June, July, August, and then leave and play in September, October, November, December, January, February. In the summer for New Zealand and Australia. You'd have summer year-round. Who wouldn't want that? I feel like you and Ashton are both people who don't like the sun.
0: I love the sun. All I've been doing the last few days where it's been beautiful Wisconsin weather, I'm rolling down my windows, I'm rolling up my sleeves, I'm getting the suntan going if I'm driving.
3: Oh, I love the sun. So you like the idea of what I had. I didn't execute it it well because I was like, I'm not going to play basketball anymore because this life kind of stinks. Yeah, but the sun, I'm big on the sun. (laughs) (laughs) Look, I wasn't in the NBA traveling around country to country isn't that fun alone there
0: was that one summer though so you had that what summer the 14 in the nba for you
3: oh summerly yeah when i blew all of my uh my my per diem on the casino
0: i meant the basketball portion of it but
3: yeah i like at the buffet you mean no no the, yes no the gift shop no in the casino no uh uzman jang yeah, I wonder I wonder if the bucks who weren't considering me at all were like character issues. <laughs> Use per diem at blackjack table. Um, have you found scouting reports on yourself? Uh no. But I know there were a couple. You <laughs> did, me you to look look? Them, did you look them up? <laughs> I, I did look not. Them up. I did not.
2: Yeah, I'd be curious. I, I hope that that line pops up in there too.
3: Spend <laughs> time great shooter. Questionable character. Hit, hit on sixteen. <laughs> uh, Chet Holmgren, man,
2: total thunder pick is uh, boy. It, it's it's we joked about it. It's a total thunder pick because it, it, we were talking about Johnny Davis and where you want to develop if you're one of those types of players. And this is going to be really really interesting to see once, assuming it happens, once Oklahoma City moves out of the rebuild, is there a negative impact? Because that was the big hang-up with the 76ers and why we saw the process ultimately halted. Is It's one thing to try and maximize, let's get as much talent as we can, but you're not creating a winning culture. And if you have year after year after year of dealing with losing,
3: is that making an impact negatively on these young guys? No, And that's the thing is a lot of what's being talked about with the Thunder is all right, they have three first-round picks, but I still think they're in a position, like you kind of talked about, Justin, of like, all right, they're likely going to lose again next year to try and be in the sweepstakes, sweepstakes for the number 1 picked in the 2023 NBA draft. Um, and what that does is it's hard to flip a switch if you don't have the culture. And that's where, when I, when I think about the Milwaukee Bucks, and with their core as some of them get older, Giannis is going to be in his prime still. And as long as you have Giannis, it's easier to rebuild with a superstar that has won an NBA title. If you're able to continue to provide him enough assets to want him to to get him to stay beyond his current, uh, you know, four years left with the, I think three years left with the player option. If you can make that compelling argument, you're going to be able to figure it out because you're going to open up cap space that you haven't had. Over the last what? The Bucks haven't had cap space in forever at this point.
2: 2016. Yeah. Well, 2018. And and,
3: when... and so as you kind of have a lot of the guys line up contractually that are getting a little bit older, you can rebuild a winning culture with Giannis there, hand-selecting some of your guys off of free agency. You just have to hope the right guys come to the market um, when you have that money. Well, speaking of culture...
2: You hear a lot of culture chatter with the man that will join us next. You usually hear him in this time slot on WTMJ, but he has uh, as good an idea on what to expect from Patrick Baldwin Jr. as anyone. He called the Milwaukee Panther games the last couple of years, but last year with PBJ especially. We will get the latest intel on him and uh, what an NBA team is going to be getting when we check in with Scott Warris after this. All right, the draft is rolling along here. We are up to pick 13, lucky number 13. It belongs to the Charlotte Hornets. We are halfway there to the 24th pick, which belongs to the Milwaukee Bucks. And I don't think we're going to see this player in the next couple of selections, but we're going to see his name called tonight or hear it called tonight. And that is Patrick Baldwin Jr. joining us on the line now. He had the chance to uh, see Patrick Baldwin Jr.'s collegiate season up close and personal, calling those games, which you can hear as part of these airwaves on 101.7 The Truth. Scott Warris uh, joining us now. And uh, Scott, first of all, the off night for you and uh, waiting to see PBJ go in the draft here. What's your setup at home and how excited are you to see the pride of the Milwaukee Panthers entering the
1: NBA? Well, first of all, long time, first time, love the program. Right. Um, I have, let's see, I have uh, two televisions set up. (laughs) I have, I'm not even done yet. What are you laughing at? Do you have the ABC
2: call with the the personal touches?
1: Okay. Yes. And if I could just make a side comment on the broadcast setup, I heard you guys talking in the last segment or two about it. They have mishmashed the ABC and the ESPN crew And I don't like their selections. I feel like Jay Billis is on the, um, let's uh, goof around the broadcast. I need more Billis. Big Billis guy. I don't like the way Jay Billis is being utilized or not utilized tonight. I don't know that him and Big Perk have the type of chemistry I want on the broadcast. But I'm monitoring that and offering critique. I have a laptop set up. I am ready to go. Let's do this.
3: What are you doing with said laptop
1: uh, what am I doing with it? Yeah. Uh, moni- yes. Uh, monitoring, uh, the picks. I need to know the order here. Uh, just poking around on what maybe some of the, uh, you know, the, uh, beat reporters and whatnot are saying about, uh, other teams and things like that. You really don't think I'm doing this, do you? No, you think no. I'm doing no. This you're leaking. Up? You are you leaking think? confidence. The more you speak, you Scott. You think I'm making all of this up? No, seriously, I'm looking forward to the draft. It's tomorrow, right?
3: <laughs> I tend to agree, though. You make some really solid points. I'm looking at Malika Andrews, Kendrick Perkins, and Jay Billis, and it feels right. really wrong.
1: No, yes. See, I, I, think, I think you put Malika on the ABC one. You take Kevin Nagandhi. You put him on ESPN. Um, yeah, I'm not real happy with what uh, the folks there are doing with their with their broadcast crews. It's like they just pulled them out of a hat.
3: Yeah, that's kind of what happened with the producer selection for our show. Uh, we, oh. we landed with Ashton Rotman. Uh, so let's let's get to Patrick Baldwin Jr. here for sure. a second sure. here. Uh, all of the negatives are the measurables that came out of the combine, the vertical, the speed, uh some question marks are going to be his ability to defend at the next, at the next level. Up close and personal, seeing his mm-hmm. ability to shoot, how much can mm-hmm. his ability to shoot sway others from those negatives?
1: I think, and there have been reports based on what he's done with individual workouts with some of the teams and things like that, I think his work ethic and I think who he is and how he is is going to turn a lot of heads, and, and, and you're right. He had a horrible combine. I mean, he did. He can't. He, he'd probably be the first one to tell you. You can't argue with the numbers in in, in Chicago, um, but there's just, and and I don't know how how much you guys have gone into it, but he is such an enigma. Like it, it, just, it it's just truly a, a fascinating study on what he can offer, because coming into college, he was clay thompson but taller and in seeing him ben to answer your question in seeing him up close his ability to trigger is so fast so quick so superior to anything at the mid-major level that we saw when we saw him last year uh which is all i can really compare it to um that i think that there's more upside than not and you're right the measurables are what they are and can't really go back and change that now but man there there's there's an upside there based on how he is how hard he works how he's wired and the natural ability i'll let the experts speak to that you know it better than i do um somebody i think is going to get a steal at some point and i hope they do I hope they do, and, and and he's one of those guys you just root for, and the family as a whole. Well, obviously I know well and things like that, so I'm biased.
3: I, I, but, I am um, super biased. Uh, his father was at Loyola, and sure. was my an assistant coach uh, under Jim Weitzel at Loyola my first scholarship offer came at uh, a high school camp that I played there my sophomore year great family uh, top class you know I mean even you know obviously it didn't work out the way uh, the Baldwins would have wanted it to from a coaching standpoint even from last year for for Patrick Baldwin Jr. from the injuries but through it all so easy to root for so I'm right there with you.
1: Well but but he's but you talk more on-court stuff now. He can't, he needs to be put in a good position to succeed, and I think that ultimately was one of the true failures of last year because he, the guys around him, and I'm not saying he had to be surrounded by four- and five-star guys around him. It would have been nice, <laughs> clearly. But he never had that one other guy that could get him the ball in the position he needed. And we can talk about his injury if you want to, but just when he was available and out there. And so you kind of noticed, and I kind of note, as the season goes on and the games that he did play, there was pressure. You could see it kind of mount. And I think he put some of that on his own shoulders, but there was never that player around him that could relieve some of that pressure. And it just kind of snowballed as the season went on.
2: Well, and yeah, and I mean, to that point, you have a recruit as highly touted as he was going (laughs) to that school, and it's not a slight or a knock on his teammates, but it's just different when you have that talent, and the opposition says, okay, let's take this guy away. And when injuries pile up with his teammates, too, he's a guy that needs people to get him in that position and get him the ball. I think that would be a fair assessment in that he's not mm-hmm. he's not a ball handler. He's not a guy that's gonna come down and create his own shot, that he is a great piece that that needs somebody to help get him that. And when that's gone, that's what kind of adds to the enigma. He didn't have that talent surrounding him. Mm-hmm. He had the injuries, which, you know, not only at Milwaukee, but you think back to his final year of high school too, that there's not a whole lot out there on him because of those injuries that just makes him Frankly, one of the more fascinating guys we've seen in recent yeah. years.
1: Yeah, it just and that's the question. Because you get the sense, of going back to the ankle, blows out his ankle basically early in his senior year of high school. And as he has said in recent weeks leading up to the draft, as his dad, his, his former coach has said, that thing never was completely healthy this year, this past year, his one year in college. How healthy is it now? I mean, as I stand here and I talk to you guys, I, I don't know. Why are you standing? I don't know. I, I like to stand and talk.
3: I'm a, I get I'm that. A, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a pace, I'm a pacer, too. Yes. Um uh, but, but you made it seem like with the two TV set up in the laptop that you weren't going well, anywhere. One of the screens is high, so he's got to. You can't sit. That's going to put strain on your neck.
2: Oh, gosh.
1: <laughs>
3: Sorry, I completely
1: tore you off there. I'll be, no, that, that's totally fine. I'll, I'll, I'll sit, I'll, I'll compose myself. But I just don't know how healthy he is. And, and I think that's got to be the biggest question, right? I mean, in, in, in these war rooms, in these draft rooms, that's got to be the biggest question as management is pouring over their, their reports and all these guys. How healthy is that ankle? How healthy is that ankle? I, I don't know. I don't know. And um, for his sake, I hope it's as healthy as so, it can be.
2: So mm-hmm. what do you think of this? Because I, I saw this comp, comp made by... Yeah. Um, one of the college basketball writers for The Athletic by Sam Vecini, and then I saw a couple others kind of piggyback off that and say, oh, yeah, you know what, that does kind of apply. But his shooting ability. I know where you're going yeah. with this. He has, it's, we, it's intriguing. Yeah. We've seen comps to Steve Novak in that he obviously has the size and he has a release he's going to be able to get off over a lot of guys defending him. Mm-hmm. But I just think when, when you envision Patrick Baldwin Jr., that's mm-hmm. not the comp that you're making.
1: That's not the comp that I'm making? Well, I, I think just the, the whole package. Yeah, yeah.
2: When, when he was oh. coming in, if, if you were to tell me, yeah, hey, I think Patrick his comp Boban is Steve Novak. He's going to turn into Steve
3: Novak. I, I just It's hard for me to wrap my
2: brain Which, around. I mean, Steve Novak had a 10-year career and stuck around because he could shoot in the league. But I just think with the overall presentation of him coming into Milwaukee right. and as touted as he was... If you would have told me a year later that that's the comp that's being thrown around, I would have told you you're crazy. Hmm.
1: I think for his sake, and and if you get deeper into this draft in the late first round, second round. I think for his sake, you start looking at the t- or the teams, the organizations, the places that can put him in the best position to succeed, and that is, I would I would imagine, and for his sake, I would hope an organization that doesn't need him to be the guy right away. And obviously, you know, you're going late first, second round. You're not being asked to be the guy right away and be in a position where you can grow a little bit. I mean, there, there was a point in time where he is, you know, the number one pick in his class at one point in time. And man, lottery pick perhaps. And I don't know if that fits him personally. Like I, I, I think He is in the best position to succeed if he can go to an organization that can groom him, that can have pieces around him that don't need him to, you know, be out there day one, game one, be a starter and be the guy carrying the offense from the get go. I I don't, I think it behooves his maturation, which I think he still has to do a lot of as well. I mean, he was asked to grow up really, really fast last year, and he went through a lot last year, but I think he's, he's what, 19 years old. He still has so much growing up to do. I think, and I would hope for his case, that going to an organization that is willing to grow him, so to speak, would be something that is kind of how this night ends for him.
2: We are uh, talking with Scott Warris here, and you can hear him calling Milwaukee Panther games on 1017 The Truth, getting his thoughts on, on Patrick Baldwin, but you know, obviously, you and I have talked about this in the past, too. There, There is a lot of talent in the Horizon League that I think kind of goes unnoticed a lot of years, mm. whether it's the Horizon League or anywhere. What you've seen in the last year, in the games that you called, and some of the schools you've seen, is there one guy that you remember watching and thinking, I haven't heard a lot about this guy, but this guy has something and I can see him playing at the next level?
1: A guy who's still there right now? In, in the conference now? The, yes. Um, you probably, I don't know if you're leading me here to this name or not, because I know you and I have talked about this name, but remember Antoine Davis at yep. Detroit, at the University of Detroit Mercy. He's the son of Mike Davis, former Indiana coach, took over for Bob Knight after Knight got fired, and he's been at a myriad places ever since. Antoine Davis broke Steph Curry's freshman NCAA three-point record. He put himself in the portal this past offseason season he decided to come back thanks to a six figure NIL deal, which he's splitting with his teammates, he has single handedly terrorized the Panthers, I've seen it firsthand. If he if he produces at his numbers, you guys, he is going to he is going to challenge for the career NCAA scoring mark that Pete Berevich has. I, he's he is the best shooter I have ever the seen. The In a college game. Th- that is unbelievable. This is Wisconsin
3: basketball draft night, and we got a pistol Pete Maravich dropping here.
1: It is a successful show, folks. <laughs> the Horizon Hey, I saw Kendrick Nunn, too. I you
3: know. was going to say that one, but I yeah. didn't know what you and Justin had talked about.
1: Yeah. No. Transferred Kendrick from Dunn Illinois was- to Oakland.
3: Yep. They scored yep. like 100 points a game. It was wild.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It- yeah, Norris Cole. It's something about the, the Horizon League to the Heat thing, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> is
2: yeah. is the school doing
1: anything tonight? For PBJ? Not to my knowledge, no, no. I, I know that they're not there. I had talked with his dad a couple of weeks ago, maybe a month ago or no, uh, now who, by the way, uh, is an assistant at Georgetown, and um, – they were going to do something at home. So they're kind of keeping it local there in the Sussex area tonight for PBJ. So it's exciting. It really is. I hope he finds up. I hope he ends up in a really good spot. Uh, ben, like you said, like you know, that family is as good as it gets. And um, you can probably say about every guy that's going to get drafted tonight they eat, sleep, breathe basketball, all that stuff. PBJ, Patrick lives in the gym. Like, he was at every practice since his dad got the job five years ago. He followed him everywhere, and um, hopefully it's a, it ends up being a pretty special night for him. And well, he's going to surprise people, I think, you guys. I think he will. I think he will. He's just wired differently. He's just wired differently.
2: Well, uh, Scott, we will let you get back to the two-TV setup, the uh, whatever it is you have on your laptop. Ben is already questioning that, but uh,
3: yeah. he was stumbling when I got into the specifics, so... Uh, be prepared next time when we ask that can I, question.
1: Can I stop pacing now? <laughs> you,
3: can, you can stop pacing. Uh Are you
1: like are you sweating? I got my steps in.
3: Yeah. Cuz like <laughs> no, on a night like tonight, I, yeah. if yeah. I'm like you in we're doing the show, I'm going to be up all night. Because you're going to be you're gonna, with all the tabs you have open. Like you're gonna just be dissecting <laughs> the rest didn't even of the draft. Tell you how many tabs? I imagine it's Scott. He's pacing around. He's got like 10 tabs. He's reading like 10 different draft an- analysis on Patrick Baldwin Jr., 10 different places he can potentially land. I got you down to a T, don't I?
1: Well, and then I have my my uh, t- uh, Twitter burner account that I'm monitoring. <laughs> well, that, well.
2: that is 100% true.
1: No, okay. <laughs> um, i got a lot of tabs. i got a lot of tabs.
2: I'm, I'm going to leave you with this. Mm. The team he gets drafted by is who? Oh, hmm. you got a one in thirty chance at being right. Well, actually, if it's a second round pick, it's
1: higher than that. But. Um, does uh, does Santa, San Antonio? How about that? San Antonio. Okay, you heard if, it here first.
3: If you get that, I'm buying everyone here lunch tomorrow. Oh. Oh, all right.
2: Sounds good. Yeah, no pressure. First. No pressure.
3: Scott Warris, the voice of the Milwaukee Panthers, kind
2: enough to join us. Uh, enjoy the other two TVs.
1: I have rockets in my way. <laughs> rockets in your ass. That's what I thought.
2: All right, Scott. Enjoy the rest of the draft. Thank you, boys. San Antonio Spurs. Would that be a Spurs pick?
3: Nah. No. wow. Seems like too much of a project wow. for the Spurs. Wow. Um, I want
2: to get into that comp that we we brought up and how accurate you think it is with Patrick Baldwin or I another
3: said I said Bertans.
2: Local product, you did say Bertans. Uh we mentioned the Bucks roster situation. We haven't gotten to that. We do need to get to that as well and a look back at 24. Last few guys to go 24th overall. There's some gems in there and then not so much. We'll give you the details next.
3: All right, so we are inching closer and closer to celebration. We got celebration music. You you know why? We're extending the show. Have we officially announced it? Uh, I mean, we're making all the moving parts. You just
2: unofficially announced it.
3: Yes, you can
0: unofficially officially announce. I'd like to
3: officially unofficially announce that we are extending the show. And it's Justin Garcia's fault. Well, first of all, for not timing out 100%. when the Bucks would be picking.
2: Yep, hundred percent. Teammates of the year here. Um,
3: Honesty is a core value at this company, and honestly, it's your fault. <laughs> Thank right. you, Heshton. I'm going
2: to keep all of that in mind here.
3: <laughs> uh, yes, we are extending the
2: show another hour because uh, you know, we looked at the clock and thought.
3: The Bucks are not going to pick up know if we're going to
2: get uh, seven more picks in in the next 16 minutes. So uh, fear not. We will be here for the Bucs selection at uh, 24. And who that is re- remains to be seen. We've seen a couple of trades. We've seen some more picks made. We saw some fighting on Twitter, apparently, between Woj and Shams. Mixed up reports
3: from blue uh, blue check marks on draft day is a big, big mess up on the resume. Uh, Woj got it right for the record. Sham's moving too fast. He needed a win. He did. He got it. But we, Kemba Walker, we talked about.
2: I, I, I thought this was going to be a night where we saw some moves happen.
3: I didn't have Kemba Walker on the bingo card. Why not? That just get lost in the shuffle. Not not among the first, like Kemba Walker's. I mean. But, like, let's be honest with ourselves here. You couldn't even find the floor in New York.
2: Well, look, trading Kemba Walker is not a surprise. But with the names that were out there, and as we've seen the last couple of years... There is no such thing as an immovable contract. We've seen those things moved over and over, no matter how large it is and how many years are left. And, I mean, Russell Westbrook's been traded a couple of times. John Wall for Russell Westbrook, that deal. I think the biggest thing with Kemba and his deal was the money, but he took a much more significant contract when he got the buyout and went to the Knicks. So this is just one year that they're moving on from, $9 million. And that's the first name off the board in terms of players traded today when we heard uh, possibly Eric Gordon coming up. We continue to hear over and over, Danny Ainge is going to do something in Utah, and maybe that's Rudy Gobert. Maybe it's a bigger move with Donovan Mitchell and other teams
3: that are starting to eye him. But Kemba
2: Walker, the first player we have moved in this draft.
3: Yeah, I guess when you when you put it that way, it's not exactly... Uh... A splash in terms of big names that are moving in this draft, but um, we are getting closer to the Bucks. And what's the poll at? Because I was intrigued by what the fans thought if the Bucks were going to keep their pick versus trade their pick. Yeah, still time to hear from you as well
2: eight five five six one six one six twenty. Especially now that we got seventy five more minutes of this show. Um, the last I checked, it was basically fifty fifty. I think it was fifty two percent of fans what do you thought think? they were going to trade. Been, you've been
3: doing a lot of facilitating. It's called uh, fence sitting. Straddling the fence here. Everyone loves a good fence straddler on the radio. It's called not
2: having an opinion. Thank you. Speaking of not having an opinion. Yeah,
3: you know what? Glass house over right. there. Um,
2: I really don't have a strong sense one way or another. If I had,
3: Oh to- my gosh. Cut, Cut his mic off. Finish. He's if I had to choose one. You have to choose. You have to. It's I don't not technically a, have to. I could just leave right I now. I will come over and strangle you until you say something, a very direct statement.
2: On the one hand, I, could, <laughs> uh, I think it's going to be a part of a package. Yes. I don't think it's going to be massive, though. Well, that's where you need to All temper right. expectations.
3: So I got a little excited and threw names like Brooke Lopez and Grayson Allen out there. Give me a name.
2: The most obvious name, George, George. right. And especially since we we played the cut, we heard John Horse basically saying we really want to bring Javon Carter back. Uh, George Hill's deal, it's an expiring year. It's, I think, $4 million. So I just don't know that you want to move away from Grayson Allen yet. I get financially that you're going to have to include one of those deals. And he's about $10 million. The Bucks don't have a lot of those. So if you're looking to bring back, we mentioned guys like Harrison Barnes that are in the teens of money millions that they're making, you need to find that money somewhere. You gotta so tell somebody. That's where Grayson Allen would make sense. I just we've talked about this before. As much criticism as you may have had over Grayson Allen in that series against the Celtics. It looks different if Chris
3: Middleton is on the floor and I know, playing in that I know. series. It's hard not to be prisoner of the moment of what you saw, but you had guys playing a different role and you talked about eighty two versus sixteen. Sixteen with Grayson Allen being a primary option for your team versus the ancillary option with a, you know, I believe three three time all star Chris Middleton now? Like that's that's a huge difference for this Bucs team if they have Chris Middleton. And I'm convinced, I'm convinced that Chris Middleton would have been the difference if the Bucs were able to take them to seven without Chris, he would have got him over the hump. The latest pick is in. Ashton. What was okay, that? You guys Just were still talking.
2: Prim- I said the latest pick is As
3: in. As he had already made Pause. the pick.
0: He had already made the pick. I'm listening back here. He had already announced it.
3: Well, we still could have like heard one he of the... He career at Cincinnati. See? He came off Some insight. He transferred to LSU. It's good Quickly insight from Malik and Andrews. One of the most improved <laughs> players in college basketball. We're just saying goodbye to Jabari. Uh, his mother...
0: Uh, are you going to say who got hit. picked?
2: Well, I was just going to say, I mean, he started at Cincinnati. He's one of the most improved players in college basketball. <laughs> Tari Eason. Tari Eason of LSU. Going to the Houston Rockets, that, uh, that is a suit.
3: That is an absolute eye grabber. <laughs> can you can you do that? Can you he grab would the? call eyes? those
1: guys hard rocking brothers.
3: Just just keep remains dropping to be seen. Keep remains, dropping Remains in here to be all seen all night long.
2: What we're gonna do when we return is finally go through this roster scenario for the Bucks.
3: I've i tried leading you there. I don't know if you if you noticed. Sure, he um, did. You asked me, are the
2: Bucks going to make a trade or are I, they going to keep it? pick? I tried That's to get you on to the lead to. So and, when we return, we will do that. You promise? And we will sort out how many HRBs are currently on this roster. The breakdown is next. All right. Well, we're going to have the HRB discussion. I mean, it is apropos... That you would get one of these guys.
1: The 18th pick in the 2022 NBA Draft, the Chicago Bulls select Daylon Terry.
2: And there it is. The so Daylon Terry was a big target of many Bucks fans. Six foot seven, played point guard essentially for the Wildcats. Best defender in the Pac-12 last year, can defend multiple positions, Pretty good shooter, too, especially from the corners. He checked off every box you would have wanted. And I kept saying throughout this process, he he is not going to be there, guys. Talked with our guy Aaron Torres a week or so ago, who told me the same thing. He talked to Dalen Terry's prep coach that that told him, I think this guy's going to go around 15. He keeps impressing in every workout he has. And just like we, we said, you look for guys that are winning players, and that's what Daylon Terry did at Arizona. Sometimes it's a good thing, sometimes it's a bad thing if you don't notice the player on the floor. You didn't notice him a lot of times because of a guy like Benny Matherin who went to the Pacers earlier tonight, sixth overall. Christian Coloco is going to go in the second round, and he just kind of took a back seat but did all the dirty work and gave you everything you were looking for for the Bucks' defense, shooting, Multiple positions that he can defend as well. And now it's even worse that you see him go to the Chicago Bulls. Dalen Terry off the board as we now make our way to pick number 19, belonging to the Minnesota Timberwolves. So you got the T Wolves at 19, the Spurs at 20, the Denver Nuggets at 21, the Memphis Grizzlies at 22, the 76ers at 23, and then the Bucks. Picking twenty-fourth. So we are getting closer and closer to that twenty-fourth pick, which the Bucks hold. There are still some players available that we've seen going to the Bucks in mock drafts, similar to Dalen Terry that Bucks fans wanted. I think E.J. Liddell is now plan B if you keep this pick and you're the Milwaukee Bucks. But uh, Dale Dalen Terry off the board going to the Chicago Bulls and just checks off a lot of boxes for that team so always tough when you see a player that you knew Man, this guy fits everything we needed and he's going to a team within the division and to a guy like billy donovan who's gonna get the most out of him
3: yeah billy coaches his team up really good and look the bulls need help defensively yeah that uh, i mean they don't have Length. I mean, when when the when the playoff series was happening against the Bucks in the first round, it was noticeable on how they had absolutely no chance because of just the pure size of the Bucs. I mean, I'll never forget Game Three after um, the Bucks went on the road. Chris, you know, Chris Middleton got hurt, and they went big. They went Bobby, Brooke, and Giannis with Wes and Drew. And the Bulls looked like a JV team. Yeah. They just did. They had, they had no answer. Vucevic is not a great defender. He wasn't knocking down shots. And if he's not knocking down shots, uh, Patrick Williams, young, athletic, but no match for Giannis. Not enough in the tank for the Chicago Bulls. I still don't look at them as a the team I'm scared of in the 16. Now, can they give the Bucks a run for their money in the 82 in those regular season games? I think so. Um uh, but it was nice to see them dominate the Bulls all four, uh, basically all season long, despite one one hiccup. Yeah, all the names save for Dalen Terry
2: that we've seen linked to the Bucks are still there, and we're up to 19. The pick is
1: in. With the 19th pick in the 2022 NBA Draft, the Minnesota Timberwolves select Jake Laravia from
2: Wake. And that's Florida another University. one that yeah. was linked to the bucks that he moved up quite a bit here cuz you were seeing him in the mid 20s late late first round potentially early second round and now he goes 19 to the Minnesota Timberwolves
3: yeah again i really loved his ability to be a, a both sides of the floor player right he he fits the mold of like hey how can how can the bucks add more Six, seven, six, eight guys. And that can that can fit within the bud system. And this was a guy that can get up and down the floor, he can space the floor, versatile, um, you know, doesn't have like the frame quite yet of an NBA player, but someone who has the skill set to be able to contribute right away. Um, that's back to back ones where it's like, all right, as the Bucks are sitting yeah, if EJ Liddell
2: in EJ Liddell goes
3: here, yeah, then it's it, officially it's, like it's official it's it's a trade. <laughs> <laughs> you know, they're trade the pick.
2: Uh, and the last thing, of Jake LaRavia, too, noticed that he was being listed at 22 instead of 20 through Google and had to have his agent notify people, by the way, I'm not that old. So then you start to see him move out of early second round into, oh, we can take this guy. He didn't fire his agent in the first round. So uh, if EJ Liddell is the next player chosen, it just becomes an all Bucks run here. And we'll see how many HRBs are currently on the Bucks roster. In another hour of the show as we eagerly await the Bucks draft pick